both how we see ourselves and the world we live in. Join me as I ask questions, share ideas, and debate important topics trying to learn more. Welcome to Perspectives, I'm your host Paula, and today's guest is Jordan Tuelli. He is a traveler and content creator who loves adventure, connecting with people, and sharing his experiences online. Hello Jordan, and thank you for joining me. Hello from the other side of the world, down here in Australia. Thank you, I'm glad that the times are synced up that we could do this, even though it's night time here, it's midday for you. <laughs> yeah, but, but at least we're lucky because we're both awake naturally at this time of day, so... I know, I didn't, I know, I was committed to the 3am wake up if I had to, anything to be on the podcast, but I'm glad <laughs> it didn't have to happen. <laughs> Yeah, same here. I'm glad I didn't have to wake up at crazy hours like 5am or something. Yeah. (laughs) Alright Jordan, so I've noticed that you've been traveling a lot. I watched your 2018 review on Instagram and it looks like you've been to, I don't know, about 20 countries. And it looked like you've had an amazing year. Yeah, last year was really crazy. So, bit of a backstory. I started traveling in 2015. I sort of got my degree, I'm a graphic designer, I got my degree in like graphic design, art, whatever, and then I was like, you know what, I just want to travel. So I took a gap year, it turned into two, it turned into three, and now four years later I'm still traveling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's so crazy. But yeah, last year I did, I ended up going to about 20 countries, so last year was like, that was like the most crazy year of all of them combined. That was like, yeah, it was insane. Well, it sounds like you're living the dream life because um, the idea of traveling the world and spending a lot of time going from place to place is something that most young people aspire to nowadays. So I just want to ask you, how can you travel so much? Uh, You don't have a regular job. How do you support yourself? If you want to share how this works for you. Yeah, for sure. So basically... When I first started, I saved up 10,000 Australian dollars. So, I don't know, most people like think of an American, probably about like 7,500 American. And I was like, I'm just going to go, see where I go, see what happens. So, I ended up going over to Canada and I got a job at this summer camp. So, I worked at the summer camp in the summer. So, I sort of traveled for like a couple months. And then I worked at summer camp for three months, got my money back, and then I traveled again, and then I went home. And I repeated that twice. So, I, oh no, I repeated that actually three times. So, I traveled, um, I worked at the summer camp three times, and I would alternate three months of traveling, three months working at the summer camp, three months of traveling, three months at home, finding, trying to find money, and I'd repeat that. And then it got to the point where... I sort of like couldn't just rely on summer camp anymore and I had built up my social media a bit so I ended up slowly phasing into content creation for companies, taking photos and videos for companies all over the world. Um, Yeah, but it was sort of like a very slow build up. Now it's more consistent but it's taken three years to get there. So um, are you able to travel because now you do sponsored posts or you collaborate with different companies? Um, yeah, it's a bit of, it's a bit of everything. So a lot, yeah, there's a few sponsored posts here and there, and then there's a lot, a lot of it is actually, um, just taking 
content for companies. So creating videos and photos for companies that like I or no one of my audience would actually ever see. It's just photos that they wanted taken, if that makes sense. If it's just like sort of like content creation without the whole social media exposure thing. Um, so it's that. And then it's also, I am a graphic designer, so I still do sometimes on the run a little bit of graphic design here and there. But yeah, majority is um, um, having connections with companies that want photos from different company, countries in the world and then also social media exposure and social media sponsorship. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's great that you can do that. And um, I wanted to ask you, do you think that having studied graphic design helped you be better at this? Or is this something that you actually learned more while doing, while creating graphics on your own? Mm, I think I think I've always been naturally inclined to being more creative in that regard because I love graphic design and art. So I think it helps me in the sense of I knew how to take a photo. Like I did... Um, a minor in photography so I knew the basic sort of like photo things when it comes to like rule of thirds and perspective and that and how to edit because I I basically grew up I loved um, graphic design since I was like 13 so I grew up learning about photoshop and illustrator and these programs that most people use so I guess I did have a um, I was already sort of like one foot ahead in that regard but apart from that I did just learn a lot just on the run, just like make a mistake, learn from it, make a mistake, learn from it until you got it right. All right. So it's a mix of maybe being talented at this and learning while practicing. Yeah, a bit of both. All right. I see. And do you have any advice for the people that may want to live the lifestyle that you live that may want to do graphic design themselves or grow an audience on Instagram because I know that this is the dream (laughs) that everybody has. Yeah, it's... Well, the first thing I'd like to preface with that is the fact that, one, it's... Everyone always... I know everyone always always hears this as well, but, like, it's totally not like what what, like... You don't look at Instagram and that's not, like, someone's life. So, first thing is... It's not as, like, dreamy as most people put it out to be because it's actually, like, a lot of hard work. It's still really fun work. If you do love it, it's really fun work, but it's a lot of, lot of work. Like, you are, you are generally always doing something, but, again, it's fun, and I'm not complaining at all. It's really awesome. Um, secondly, yeah, so to start, well, I started with... It depends what you want to do. If you... Because... Instagram or like social media is obviously like sort of like the future when it comes to like all these sort of things. So take me as an example. I love to travel. So I made my social media around something I love. My passion was traveling. So first thing you got to figure out is like, what do you want to create content for? Like, do you want to be a traveler? Do you want to be a cooking person? Do you want to just like draw? Do you want to sing? Like you've got to figure that out. And once you know your passion, um, then it's just a matter of like producing content, refining your content, making it better, making it more unique, making it more individualized so you sort of stand out on the platform. And then, yeah, then just like sort of going from there. But the first sort of thing would be 100% find your passion, find what you enjoy. Because in this new era that we live in, 
it's kind of crazy where like no one has ever had the opportunity to literally do their passion for a living you know but now with social media it's actually a possibility and it can be your reality if you want it to be if you work hard enough so yeah yeah i think that's really good advice and that's something i struggle with myself because there are not many things i'm interested in but it's not just one for example i also like traveling but i I don't travel a lot right now because i can't afford to and i want to pollute less i'm also interested in environmentalism in learning to think accurately in reading non-fiction books in psychology and my personal profile is a bit of a mess (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's the thing is you know you got so many passions i guess so that's awesome that's like not a bad thing to have right knowing um knowing that you're passionate about so many things is just so it's so good because so many people in the world don't have any like they don't know what their passion is so that's great yeah but i can relate to that as well because five years ago i didn't have passions or hobbies either so i think that you kind of grow and discover more of the world and then you realize what attracts you or what you find interesting. So Definitely. I think that if you're younger, it's really hard to tell what you're passionate about or what you want to do with your life, as everyone says. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's the thing. When you're coming out of school and you're 18 years old and everyone's like, what are you going to study at university? What are you going to do? Like, there's so much pressure and it's like... Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I don't know, in a Western society, like there's so much pressure to be like, holy flip, it's time to like get a job or like get a degree. And so many people don't know what they want to do. And that's why I would advise everyone just to travel, even if for just a few months, if you really don't know what you want to do, get a, get a job, save up some money, travel, because there's something, something cool about travel that it, it, um, it makes you sort of refine like it's sort of like a clarity on your mind in a sense like you either realize what your passion is because you either miss it or you realize what you don't like or you know you sort of just get that sort of like i don't know for me anyway when i first started i was like wow i I know what i want to do now and you decided to live this lifestyle because you enjoyed it so much yeah because i was like I kept on coming home and I was like, well, everyone's doing the same thing at home. And everyone, for some of my friends at home, like, that's great. They love that. They love having that routine. They love having their own space. They love um, having work, like, like workmates, people that they go to, like, colleagues at work and, like, sort of have that community where I was just like, I just want to, like, keep traveling, keep meeting random people, keep, like, doing random hikes, random waterfalls, random trips, random sunsets. Like, just, I just, that's what I love. So I tried to, like, turn that into something monetary. I see. You also mentioned that you like adventure. And from what you've said so far, it seems like it's obvious why. Because you're very interested in getting to know people and experience things for yourself and put yourself out there. And I wanted to ask you, have you always been like that? Did you have this adventurous spirit as a child too? Or did you develop it while going to different places and being in situations where you just had to deal with whatever happened? I would say I've always been like super adventurous as in like, so growing up, I grew up here in Newcastle, Australia. So for those who don't know, it's like right on the coastline, classic Australian sort of like city, town. Um, lots of beaches, lots of like 
adventure waterfalls, like lots of awesome things to do. So growing up my whole life, I've always wanted to spend as much time as I could at the beach, as much time as I could, like hiking, that sort of thing. So yeah, I would say that I've always sort of had like the passion for adventure and for nature. So I already always knew that was a thing, but I guess I never looked at it on a global scale because I hadn't been out of the country. So when I first left the country, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best. <laughs> and yeah, I went from there. Do you ever get scared while traveling? Is there any type of situation where you worry or you stress about how things will turn out? Or do you always have this go with the flow attitude? Mm, a bit of mainly go with the flow but there are obviously times where I'm not I'm not going to sit here and be like oh I'm, I'm so like calm all the time <laughs> no there's <laughs> definitely times where I'm like holy heck like I'm kind of like freaking out right now one time like in Morocco um someone stole my whole bag like with my laptop passport all my cameras my drone basically my whole what I would consider all my hard drives what I would consider my office in this bag um someone stole it and i was like freaking out like oh this is the worst but then like it it always has a way of working itself out so in the end i lost they stole my laptop but for some reason they didn't take my path they like ditched my passport and uh, my cameras they didn't take my cameras either so i lost my laptop but in that moment i was obviously freaking out a lot but for the most part i would say that i'm pretty pretty just like happy to do whatever I read this somewhere in an article that when you want to do a certain thing or you're passionate about something, you have to accept the bad experiences that will come with it. And for traveling, this would be getting lost or mm -hmm. having something stolen. So Definitely. I think it's something that if you travel a lot, will happen to you as well eventually. Mm, exactly. That's the thing. So, yeah, you can't, it's just something you can't avoid. You just got to... Go with it, and when it happens, you've just got to see it as like a learning curve or something you can grow from, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for people that are less adventurous than you are or people that are scared to travel to different countries or to travel alone? Yeah, so like, first thing is, the hardest thing to do when you travel solo is to just get on the flight for the first time by yourself, not knowing who you're going to meet, where you're going to end up, knowing that all your friends and family are at home and that you're not going to see them for a long time. All these things like that go through your mind. That's the hardest part. Once you're on the flight, once you're in the hostel in the random country, um, what I find is that most of the time, just travel has a way of like sorting itself out. You'll meet someone... They'll be going to this place, you'll go along with them, you'll meet some more people, they're actually going to be going to, on the same bus as you, down to the other location, blah, 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 and all of a sudden, three months of your life is gone, and you've just gone on, you've just made a whole bunch of new friends, it's awesome. So I would say the hardest part is just getting over, getting over that, like, initial fear of, like, the daunting, how daunting it can sound, like, just get on a flight by yourself. And also, if you do struggle with that, I would say um, most people live, like, if you live in Europe or in America, um, you can always just, like, take a local trip, you know? Go go four hours away and, like, adventure there for a week and then come home. Like, 
you can be a tourist in your own country, which sounds weird, but yeah, it's totally like a way to like build that confidence before you do go abroad. I actually like that idea because I also um, think that we should also travel in our own countries and not just halfway across the globe. Of course, both are amazing because when you go to a different continent, you experience a totally different world. Um, the environment is different, the way the cities are shaped, the people, the culture, the food, and it's definitely a great experience. But at the same time, I find it weird that many people only travel abroad and they never experience their own country. And I was visiting a place in Transylvania last year, Dracula's castle, the Brown Castle, and there were so many strangers there. There were people from France, from Spain, from the US, and I was really happy that uh, people from all over the world come to see great places in Romania. But at the same time, I was thinking, wow, I barely visit this, this type of places in Romania, but I want to go to Spain and France, and it's kind of weird. It's like just <laughs> we're, we're switching places, you know? Yeah, exactly. I know. That's the thing. I think it comes down to, one, people feel like if it's in their own country, it's not really an adventure. Because it is, but people don't feel like it is because they're like, oh, my home is just around the corner or something. And I think also most people go, oh, I'll do that when I'm older. As in like, you know, when I'm like 50, 60, 70 years old, I can always just bounce around my, my, my country. Where, like, when you're younger, you sort of have this urge to, like, just be really ambitious with your travel plans. <laughs> I see. I actually th think it's nice if you try both. And if you Definitely. can get rid of the misconception that you have to go to an exotic place to feel like you're really traveling. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The funny thing is, I actually traveled my home country uh, here in Australia in January. I spent three weeks backpacking. And it was, first of all, it was super weird to stay in a hostel in my own country. Because <laughs> it's, but what was really good about it was, like, I've traveled America, Canada, like, all through Europe. All of these locations, the most person, the, like, the, the most popular nationality I meet is always, always Australian. I don't know why. Like, you, I feel like Australians are just literally everywhere. But it's either Australian or German. So... When I was traveling, I'm like always traveling with other Australians. I'm like, oh, this kind of sucks. I just want to like, you know, meet other people because, you know, once it's just like your own country, it's not as cool, not as like interesting to you. Like, oh, another person from home. But when I was traveling Australia, I didn't meet one Aussie. It was so crazy. <laughs> I met because obviously no Australians are going to be hostel, like staying in hostels because they don't want to travel their country and they probably have friends so they can just do road trips but like yeah i didn't <laughs> i didn't meet one australian in three weeks and i was in australia so that was <laughs> ironic that was very funny one more thing i wanted to ask you about australia can you easily travel between cities because someone said to me that it's actually less expensive to fly from one place to another than to use public transportation. Is that true? Yeah, it is. So the thing with Australia is it's a very big country. So it's people sort of don't realize how big it is until um, they're here because it's as big. It's probably it's just as big as America if you look at a map. But for some reason, Australia doesn't look 
like if you look at those globes, the classic sort of map, um, Australia's like doesn't look very big compared to how big America looks, so people get confused, but yeah, it's really big, like between cities is about 10 hour drive. Um, so unless you've got, if you're just traveling by yourself, yeah, like the best way would probably be just to fly. For some reason it's cheaper. I can go from like one city to another like in like an hour and a half flight and it cost me like 60 Australian dollars, which is probably about 40 euro where, or where if I was to drive, it'd probably cost me 60 bucks in gas. So it's only cheaper if you have like four people in a car, but yeah. It's weird. And the public transport is just, like, almost non-existent when it comes to this sort of stuff. You can catch a train, but it is so slow and it's expensive. Same with a bus. Bus is slower and expensive. I don't know why. It's just, like, Australia is so big and there's so little people living here. There's, we have 24 million people. So there's really no need for the infrastructure to be, like, these crazy fast uh, trains like there is in Europe. Mm-hmm. I see. And for some reason, I think that the U.S. is also not that great when it comes to connection through public transport. Mm. I yeah, think that U- Europe has it better. Yeah, Europe. So, yeah, Europe is the dream. Like, you guys have got it so good. You can literally go to, like, six countries in, like, a matter of, like, hours. <laughs> like, just drive straight through them on the train. Like, it's really awesome. I really love that. But, yeah, America is the same. I took a bus around America, but the thing is you can only really go from city to city if you do a bus where a lot of the national parks are obviously not in the city. So you do really need to do a road trip around America, get a car. Mm-hmm. One more thing I wanted to ask you about travel. Was there something interesting you discovered about yourself through all these experiences? Yeah, I think... Um, travel's probably been the one thing that sort of, like, defined me the most, as in, like, I've become what I hope to be a better person from traveling, because my eyes have been, I came, I come from a very, like, sort of smallish community, um, growing up as, like, in a Christian home in, um, Australia here, so it's, like, I went to a Christian school, like, a nice private school, and then I also went to, um, a Christian university, so... It's all my whole life has been in this little sort of Christian bubble. So when I did travel for the first time, I think that's one thing I really loved about it was the fact that, like, my eyes was open to so many different perspectives, so many different beliefs, so many different sort of, like, ways of life. And that um, challenged me to sort of re-look at my life and see what I um, believe, want to do, um, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think traveling really, like, having different perspective on different cultures has really helped me sort of define who I am. And do you think you've changed a lot or have you just discovered things about yourself that were already in you, but you just couldn't understand them? Hmm, bit of both. I would say that I, I, I've always been true to myself as in, like, when I was, like, a 14-year-old kid... I was still, everyone was like, oh yeah, that guy's Jordan. <laughs> like, that's Jordan. He's, so I've always been like, that sort of like, a bit quirky. No, I sort of already always knew who I was. So in that big life-changing sort of thing, I didn't really have that much of a change. 
But when it comes to smaller things, um, I definitely became a more confident version of myself and sort of, uh, I don't know how the word, like refined, like, like I knew, like I knew what I believed and I knew who I was before traveling, but after traveling, I knew what I believed and I knew who I was, but I also could back it up with sort of answers and action, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, are you still a Christian or have you discovered a new belief or? Yeah, so I'm still a Christian. Um, I grew up, I grew up in the church called the Seventh Day Adventists. Um, it's prob it's, it's actually pretty, I don't know. Most people haven't heard of it. Most people just think it's a cult when they hear it for the first time. But <laughs> yeah, so I grew up, it's like a Protestant belief, um, denomination. So, yeah, I grew up in Day Venice. I would say right now I, I sit between um, still having maybe 80% um, the foundation of the, that, the Seventh-day Adventist belief system. But I would say that I, I, mean, I haven't been to church in four years because I've been traveling like every week. So I really don't have much religion in my life right now because the routine, my whole routine of life is completely thrown off. So from a religion perspective, I don't really have that. But from a spiritual perspective, I definitely am still a Christian, still a practicing Christian. And I think travel actually showed me how important it was, how important my faith actually was. Because growing up, you know, like when everyone around you is believing the same thing, it's pretty easy to believe that. But once you start traveling and once you start uh, meeting different people, with different beliefs, it is. It can be quite hard and quite challenging to uh, either not go with the flow or go with the flow, depending on other people's belief systems. So, yeah, and, and their actions. So it's um, traveling definitely refined me um, in that regard. And also, when it comes to the belief system, I sort of like threw some things away that I previously um, believed in, and I also. Um, just like learnt a lot more as well so it's been good and that's that's I think that's spirituality in a whole if we get into it it's like if you're not constantly learning or growing or changing um, when it comes to a faith in that regard it's like well something's wrong I don't think spirituality should ever be stagnant if that makes sense I love that idea I was curious about what you believed in because I was also raised in a Christian family and like you, I was also raised in this Christian bubble. But mm. lately, in the past years, I've started asking myself more and more questions about God and religion that I can't find answers to. So mm. unlike you, I'm straying away from that. But I find it interesting to hear that even through traveling and meeting new people, you were able to keep believing in in God and in your religion and you could find new ways to continue to do this. Yeah, it's it is weird because I have a I have a few friends that also grew up in the same sort of community as me that are on your path where they sort of have gone, well I was brought up this way and now I'm starting to like find a lot of questions to answers that I can't give. Like, you know, they get really sort of like philosophical about everything and it's actually really awesome for discussion and it really is really great for challenging 
uh, challenging your mind, right? Um, yeah, same with me. And I was like, I also went through that process, but for some reason, I just like, instead of going, oh, I can't answer the question, or I don't know what the answer is to this, and I'm going to have to like abandon it or not really have anything to do with it. I sort of just like said, oh, I don't know the answer to this, but for some reason in my heart, like I know that this is what's right for me. So instead of sort of like straying away, I sort of came closer in the reg regards to, yeah, I probably don't have the answer to it, but that's faith, right? <laughs> like you've got to have faith in, in like, you know, you know, faith means you can't really see it. Like there's, you're not going to have the answer to everything, right? So, but yeah, it's really cool. Really cool, like, uh, that people can go on the same sort of journeys and different paths and stuff. So it's really cool. Yeah, I think that there are many factors that can influence you. Maybe you had um, a slightly different experience or maybe it was your family that helped you to um, stay mm. close to God. And I think that there are many things that are involved that can influence our path. Oh yeah, crazy. So many things like your whole childhood, basically, like you don't realize it, but you know, you're a product of your upbringing. So yeah. Yeah, to a large extent, we are. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I did realize about uh, people that continue to believe in God is that they obviously have more meaning in their lives than I currently do. And that's one reasons why I feel sorry that I can't continue to believe in God as I used to. Because once you, if you believe that maybe there is no God or no higher power, then you feel very alone on, on this journey, on this, mm -hmm. on this earth. So I think that it's, it's great if you can stick to that because it definitely gives you a lot of confidence and comfort that no matter what happens, you're not alone. Yeah, definitely. That's the thing, like, because um, I also don't drink at all. So when I'm in a hostel, it usually starts like, oh, here, have a drink. And I go, oh, I don't drink. And they go, oh, what do you mean you don't drink? And I go, hey, here, have you ever drunk? And I'm like, no, I've actually, I've actually never drank like any alcohol ever. So it usually shocks people a lot. So then when they say that, it obviously gets into a bit of a deeper conversation of why and that sort of thing. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, so then the, my explanation to most people is, well, well, most people would say they want to be the, the happiest version of themselves or the most joyful, best version of themselves. And I say, let's say my belief in God and um, all everything that surrounds it, let's say that whole belief system and everything let's say it's a complete lie like when i die there is no god that's it it's done i'm still happy to have been on this earth living this what could be seen as a complete fabrication lie because this lie is actually making my life feel more purposeful more meaning i'm actually a happier person and i'm actually getting feel like i'm getting the most out of life when i'm living in it so that's my explanation to people that really just challenge me when it comes to um, religion. Because, yeah, if it, no one can really challenge on the fact that if someone's happy or not. <laughs> They're not no one's going to be like, well, why are you doing, why are you in religion? You, sh you shouldn't be less happy. But they don't really see that, you know, I, I feel this like I'm, I'm a better version of myself when I'm believing this. So, yeah, even if it is a lie, which obviously I don't think it is, but... 
Um, if it is, I'm. It's a lie. I'm worth lie worth living. <laughs> I see, and I think that th this can be said about people that are true believers because I think that there are some things you see in church with some people that they say, "Oh yes, I believe in God," but then they go drink alcohol. They don't care of their. They don't take care of their bodies, of their health. Mm. Um, they mistreat their family and they judge people that are not in the church. So it looks like you have tried to embody what, what the Bible actually teaches you. Yeah, You're trying to live by it. And then you obviously can say that you are a better person because you believe in God. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, obviously it's tough. And that's the other thing that people don't understand. A lot of people, they'll be like, well... I'm not perfect, so I can't, I can't be a Christian, or I can't do this, or believe this, uh, because I'm, I've made mistakes and I've sinned. And I'm like, well, actually, the whole point of the Bible is the fact that we are sinners. <laughs> like the whole point is that we're making mistakes. Um, we just have to accept the fact that we can't do it without God, rather than try and battle in a world. Uh, where it's honestly impossible for us to not do it with him, in my belief. So it's like, yeah, because that's the thing. People will be like, oh, well, you did this, or you judged this person, and I'll be like, well, yeah, I'm actually not perfect. And that's yeah. actually the reason I'm a Christian, because I realize I'm literally the complete opposite of perfect. I have so many flaws. I'm always struggling with, you know, treating people better, uh, moral things. Like, I'm, I'm completely, like, just... Yeah, like, I'm just like everyone else. We all struggle with stuff. <laughs> but the difference is I've accepted that I am not perfect and then I've decided to give that to God and let God work with what with the imperfect me. I like that philosophy. Yeah. Jordan, when I asked you on, on the podcast, I didn't expect it to be this spiritual, but <laughs> it's an interesting <laughs> conversation. It's a good, it's a good uh, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and to be honest, from your account, I wouldn't have guessed that you are um, this type of believer and the kind of person that never drinks and tries to live by what the Bible teaches wherever you go, because you seem so easygoing and fun. And I don't know, maybe there's just a, a stereotype in my mind that Christian people are more serious or more yeah, thoughtful. Yeah, or... it, is, it is true, though. It is a very, it's, it is a stereotype. Even like, like... Yeah, it's super random because people think that like Christianity, they attach the word sort of like, of like, oh, it's like rules, you know, like, oh, there's a lot of rules, like, oh, religion, oh, that's just rules. And obviously rules are never fun, rules are there to restrict and stuff. So it's like, <laughs> people always attach it to like that and then they meet me and they're like, oh, what the heck, you're Christian, why? Like, you're so not like that. But, <laughs> but you know, obviously everything has a stereotype and... There's obviously a stereotype there for a reason, but it doesn't embody every single person in it. So I'm glad yeah. I could break out of that stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you said, it's a nice surprise. Yeah. All right, so now let's switch gears <laughs> yeah, yeah. and talk about something that's kind of different. And I want to <laughs> talk to you about your other Instagram account, your lifestyle account. Mm. And... <laughs> For the people that are listening to the podcast and don't know your account yet, could you maybe present it in a few words and say what it is about? Okay, so 
basically, after doing Instagram for about three years now, especially in the travel realm on Instagram, I sort of just um, saw a trend that was going along with the majority of accounts. And I'm like, hang on, why is everyone sort of doing the same sort of thing, the same sort of photos, the same sort of like, like adventures, even like exact same framing. And like, it's just all become a very big stereotype around it. So I made this account called Lifestyle Jordan. And the basic, the, the basis of the account is just there as a satire sort of piece to mock uh, the, the the Instagram culture, which is like this lifestyle culture of this like beautiful luxury, my life is perfect, I'm better than you, how how good is my life sort of like culture? I'm just sort of mocking it by, yeah, I don't know, with silly photos and that sort of thing. But yeah, <laughs> you'll just have to <laughs> once you once someone logs onto it and sees the account, then they'll be like, oh okay, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to add the links uh, to your accounts in the description okay, box awesome. on on my blog, on YouTube and wherever I share this episode. But I initially found out about you from the other account, from your lifestyle accounts. There <laughs> really? was so There was someone I was following, I don't remember who, that shared it in her stories and I checked it out and I was like, "Oh my god, this this guy is crazy. I can't believe this account." <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. So many people, like, I did a story on my lifestyle last night. 35% of people that follow my lifestyle account have no idea or don't follow my main account, which blows my mind because maybe the account's three months old. So it's like, hang on, what? How has this account (laughs) reached so many people that my main bigger account couldn't even get to, which is funny. And I think this lifestyle account may actually blow up much faster than the other one because for some reason sometimes satire and funny accounts really catch on yeah that's the thing so what it has going for it is that no one else is really doing it you know it's just like me sort of doing it there's a few accounts out there people have linked me to other account other accounts like there's this one called bros being basic which has like the same sort of premise when it comes to like basically guys sort of like just being like mocking like what the trends are online but it's not the same it's not in the same uh same it's not as personal as mine because mine is literally me doing it where that one is about just a whole bunch of different guys taking photos it's sort of like a meme meme account and then there's a there's a couple other celebrity people that rip on celebrities um so there's a couple accounts like that where they sort of like try and pose like a celebrity, but instead of being skinny, they're really overweight. That sort of thing, like a bit of that, like laugh. Oh yeah, like that sort I've of seen satire. one. Yeah, so there's a couple like that. But there's nothing out there that's like, like just like mocking sort of the 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 online Instagram world as like making that sort of a meme. It's yeah, which is good <laughs> or bad, I don't know. But yeah, it's weird how it's weird how like. Most people, like, think that that one's going to surpass my main account, which would be, like, really good. But at the same time, holy heck, I worked, like, three years on my other account, and this one's just going to (laughs) come pass. (laughs) But it can happen. Do you know the band Ilvis that had the song, What Does the Fox Say? Mm, Yes. When they made that song, they made it as a joke, and they didn't expect it to catch on. And it did, so that's when they started putting out other songs. 
Yeah, true. So exactly. exactly. It could be the same for you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just gonna, just gonna. One day you post at the right time. That's the thing with this world that we live in now. It's like you don't know what's gonna happen, and you're gonna post something one day, and then you just posted that at the right time. And if you posted that photo or video like an hour later or an hour before, it wouldn't have blown up. But for some reason, all the stars aligned, and it just blew up. And what the heck? <laughs> yeah, I. I've noticed that too, that it's kind of weird. It also depends when you start posting, when you create your account, if you talk about trendy things soon enough and yeah. many other factors. Yes. How did you start this account? Did you start it as a joke and then you started posting because people reacted to your posts or did you sort of have a goal with it or a mission? Uh, so I started it, I mean, it started as a joke and it still is completely a joke. Uh, but it started on the premise of I was traveling on a lot of press trips to um, like press trips, like a tourism board trip where the, where the tourist, uh, let's say like some countries like, hey, we're going to do a, a press group with like a whole bunch of Instagrammers and you're all going to take photos for us and blah, 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 blah. So I was on these trips with a whole bunch of girls and guys that are in the lifestyle realm. So obviously I see my account as a bit more travel based, but for some reason that, uh, yeah, I was on these trips with lifestyle girls and lifestyle guys. And I was literally like stressing out, like running around, like, holy heck, like tourism Chicago needs like six photos by the end of the day. I need to make the best quality photo. And my sort of account leans towards more like some sort of like, hopefully good photography, in, if that makes sense, where like, these girls were just literally taking photos of them having like on their phone and like I was like holy flip I have this like crazy camera and drone and stuff and I'm trying to get photos and they're submitting photos to the campaign of them with a coffee with their phone I was like what the heck am I doing so I was like so a little bit of me was like envious and jealous because I was like I'm working so much harder than these people <laughs> and these and these people are just like you know, like getting triple the likes and triple the engagement and they're doing half the work, what, what I thought was half the work. So I was like, you know what, like I'm going to make this account as a joke because I'm one, I'm sick of it and I'm over it and I hate the fact that everyone just wants to copy what is already seen as quite fake. And then the other half was me going, oh, and maybe this will blow up. And if it does blow up, then I can be a lifestyle person. And then I can just take selfies for a living. That would be awesome. <laughs> so, so half of it is like a joke, complete joke. And the other half is like not really a joke because it's like, you know what? That would actually be an awesome life. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> and then you'll be the one to truly say, now my life really is better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> it's really come full circle. Interesting. But to be honest... And now that you mentioned this a bit earlier, there are many pictures that look like they are all the same. It's just a different girl in the frame and she's wearing a different dress. But other than that, the angle is the same, the place is the same, the editing is the same. And I find it very odd that I never noticed this until a few months ago. I was completely oblivious to this and I wonder if it's because you need to spend a certain amount of time on Instagram before you realize this or is it because this trend became more and more widespread and more and more people are doing it 
Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Like, I have, like, my mom and dad and her, they sort of understand it a little bit, but a lot of people in their generation, like the 40, 50, 60 years old, they honestly don't understand what I'm doing on that account. Like, my <laughs> mum will show my... My mum will show her friends and they're like, what is Jordan doing? Why is he acting like a girl? Why is he um, photoshopping his muscles to make him look bigger? Like, they don't understand at all because they're not in that culture. But then a lot of people from 18 to 24, 18 to 35, they sort of like, that's where all the following comes from because they obviously are like really ingrained into that culture because they're on Instagram all the time. And then also, yeah, I do think it's a bit of both because I also think that the trend of Instagram... In 2014, you were onto it early. 2016, you weren't early, but it hadn't been sort of like washed out yet and like you can still sort of find your voice in it. But now 2019, it's like everyone wants to be, as I said before, like doing this sort of thing and Instagram, that sort of like, that's like the dream job. So everyone is looking at the people that are successful in it and they're like, I need to copy them. Because that's the way they're doing it like that. So I need to copy them because then I'll be successful like they are. That's what people think, which I don't agree with. But yeah, so I think I've just like, I've sort of started the account at the right time where people are sort of, if I started this account one year ago, I think it would have gone over a lot more people's heads. But now it's sort of like, sort of, people understand it easier now because it's so oversaturated. And why do you think that these creators make the same type of content all over again and all over the place? Do you think that it's because they lack creativity or as you said, because they think this is the recipe for Instagram success, so I'd better stick with it or? Yeah, I think, I think the thing is we can mock it as much as we want, but like to grow your account and to get more likes, it's like you just have to do this because the community is supporting these sort of photos. Like they can post a different photo and they'll be like, oh, it got less likes or less followers came or less people saw this photo. And then they'll post the exact same photo that everyone else posts and it will get way more likes and way more engagement. So then they're like in people's head, logically, they're like, why would I try and create something else when I should be doing this? Because this is what people are liking, right? So... I should do more of this, which again, I also don't agree with. You can only, I feel like you can only become so successful if you're just taking a copycat route compared to taking a completely unique situation. It might be a short-term loss, but a long-term gain if you do uh, are more creative rather than just copying other people. But on the other hand, it's a short-term gain, potentially long-term loss. So people just, yeah, I think they just dictate whatever the likes do, they follow. And people just seem to like the same sort of thing (laughs) over and over. I'm kind of curious about that because one thing that I've been thinking about when it comes to Instagram is that we have no idea how the algorithm works. And I often ask myself, is it that people really like this type of cliche pictures more than other type of better um, content with better pictures or more interesting captions? Or Mm. is it that the algorithm knows that in the past people like this content more so it automatically pushes it to more and more people and gets more reach and therefore more likes and the person that posted the picture is like, oh yeah, it's more people like this picture. 
but we yeah. don't really know who's pulling the strings behind that. Exactly, and we'll actually never know because I guess they're not gonna, no one's ever gonna like figure that one out, right? But yeah, it definitely could have a different like, because I do know that like, if my for my travel pages, for an example, if I post a photo with super blue water, like crazy blue water, it's guaranteed to get maybe like, let's say it'll get like six, seven to 8,000 likes, right? I posted a photo the other day of the Whit Sundays, really blue, beautiful beach, drone shot. It got like 12,000 likes, which is like a heap of likes, especially for me. So then the next photo I posted is like, it's brown, it's a bit dusty, it's sort of like on a dirt road sort of thing. That one only got like 3,000 likes. So it's like, I think it has to do with one, people just like blue water and two, Instagram probably knows people like blue water so they probably push a bit more. I don't know. Yeah, but at, at the same time, it could be that Instagram pushes certain type of pictures and if they get more people, they can obviously get more likes. Yeah, that's true. We'll never know the secrets of Instagram and they'll always keep changing it on us just when we, fi- when we think we've figured it out. <laughs> yeah, so we'll never know if people actually like blue water. <laughs> yeah, it's true. A good example of this is my my lifestyle account. The most liked photo on it is one where I photoshopped all of the hot air balloons into the background because in the travel world, like <laughs> everyone for some reason takes photos in Turkey with the hot air balloons. Like it's just like, why the hell does everyone do that? Like the same photo in Cappadocia, like whatever. Anyway, but I did one with the hot air balloons and that also got the most likes on my lifestyle account. So it's like, it's like, what? Like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's like people know, and they obviously weren't real. People knew they were fake hot air balloons, but it's like still got way more reach, way more exposure than anything else just because there's a hot air balloon in there. People just like it. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's very odd. But yeah. then, so is Instagram. Yeah, exactly. So is the world we live in. It's a bit of a weird one, but it's good. I'm not complaining about it. (laughs) One more thing is I know that you got criticized because most of your posts on the lifestyle account are about women. And Mm. I actually defended you because from my perspective, it's usually women that post this type of cliche content. And I really don't know why is it because men can't get away with as much as women on instagram mm, i think it has to do with a few things yeah so i basically i got criticized for being called sort of like being sexist and belittling women because probably 90 percent of my content on the account is a woman stereotype but the problem is i can't think of apart from the gym and sort of like taking some certain types of photos. I can't think of many guy stereotypes. And the, the fact of the matter is the stereotypes on Instagram, a lot of them stem from um, a free female point of view. I think this has to do with the fact that females like stereotypically like to just like take photos with each other. Uh, so that sort of like culture of like, you know, that female sort of culture of like bonding and have that on friendship is a bit different to guys. Like I don't really see a photo of like three guys in a photo, you know, where I commonly see three girls in a photo because I think guys just tend to stay away from that stigma of like, Oh, you know, it's not cool. Like I'm just, it's just me. Like it's cool if it's just me with, but with girls, there's this, uh, 
they sort of, you know, stereotypically love to sort of like, you know, dress up, do this, do that, whatever, and like sort of take photos in groups. So I don't know. But I really don't know. <laughs> Yeah, you, you never see three guys in a coffee shop with their coffees on the table. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like, no guy would ever, like, sit there and go, hang on. Like, if that was happening, most guys would be like, hang on, no, 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 no. What the <laughs> heck? <laughs> I'll just take a photo with my coffee and that will be it. Or at least me and a girl. Like, don't put me with three guys. Like, that, <laughs> I think guys have this probably, they're probably scared of being boxed into this sort of, like, this sort of, I don't know, realm. But yeah. So I just started doing that and I got a lot of criticism for it. But we will continue to go through because I don't think I'm sexist. And yeah, you're actually, you actually defended me. And that's how we sort of started chatting, which is great. Because now we get to do a podcast together. So it's, I, love how it just, um, I love how it all comes around. <laughs> yeah, that's the nice part of Instagram. That you can sometimes uh, randomly connect with someone and then start talking to them or start following their account and learn that they are great people. Yeah, exactly. I know that's the best thing. Like, if 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 we took all the the narcissism out of the platform, which is like what my lifestyle account sort of jokes about—the fact that it's so into yourself, sort of now, myself included in this. Obviously, I've got a whole freaking other page dedicated to my travels, <laughs> so I'm not <laughs> I'm not excluding myself in any means. But if we did take out all the I think I'm better than you, sort of out of the platform. I think that it would be awesome because a lot of different people would connect and, yeah. Yeah, I, I think so, though. I think that social media platforms also have a potential to do good, but there, there are many things that are happening that are definitely not encouraging positivity or growth or acceptance. and. Yeah, it's tough. It's a real tough thing because, like, Social media as a platform is literally, like, defined as, like, a place for people to come share content or share photos or share memories with more people. That's what it's there for. So, in that regard, like, social media is doing its job in facilitating the fact that it's sharing lots of photos with a lot of people at once. But on the other hand, we humans obviously can use social media for good and bad depending on what we want to do with it. So it's tough to like say, even myself, like it's tough for me to say, oh yeah, every single post I put up is like um, a positive thing because I don't know what other people's reactions to the post will be. I don't know if, you know, you just, you can't predict like everyone's reaction in the world to a certain image or a certain caption, right? So it's always going to have its little bumps in the system. Yeah, and that's a problem with social media. I know that many people who work in the technology, the technology field also complain that social media is flawed by design because you can mm. find many bullies on social media because there are no consequences, because the platform doesn't take action and stuff like that. And even normally good and rational people can end up getting caught in comment sections and being mean to each other because yeah. for some reason that's how the platform works <laughs> yeah and i know and the other thing is that drama drives engagement so a lot of people want to get into like some sort of drama online because we're so interested in it as humans we just love sort of like diving into the drama so the more drama you have the more successful your account will probably be, sadly. 
I actually try to stay away from that, but I do react when I feel like I'm being misrepresented or when someone really doesn't get what I'm talking about and they keep pushing it like, no, I'm right and you're wrong. And then <laughs> I yeah. also get caught up in the comment sections or in the posts and I'll be sassy and tell you, actually, you're wrong and I'm wasting my time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm one person that actually doesn't get much hate online or much like, I don't really have that many like conflicting um, like comments or like opinions online for some reason. I actually the other day <laughs> said in the caption, I'm going to give my presets or whatever. I was just like going to give them a prize if the person that can offend me the most. <laughs> <laughs> so like people started commenting like, so many funny dumb things like that that were real completely real things like oh you think you're so cool or you think you're better than other people or like um you think you're hotter than you actually are like just dumb things like that because i personally like obviously don't take an offense to anything that happens online i'm like whatever so <laughs> i just like encourage like everyone to like just pretend hate on me but really hate on me on purpose and some girl said something like uh, what'd she say? She won. She won it with a. Um, I don't know. Something dumb. I have to look into it. But it was so funny. But yeah, it just all depends on how you take it. Like, I I almost welcome the hate because I just like thrive off it. I like I my self identity, <laughs> my self identity is so fixed in like I know who I am. So like I really don't care. Like some random person can say whatever the heck they want, and I would just like totally respond because I just think it's the best <laughs> but I'm a very yeah. unique case I'm very unique case in this <laughs> yeah you are and I think that it's a bit easier for you because you I don't expect you to get a lot of hate because you shared your experiences and what could possibly bother people about you but if you would start talking about more controversial topics more important yeah. topics for example racism or um, about transsexual people or climate change or veganism, I bet that you would get a lot more hate because there's, let's say, more at stake in that case and yeah. there are more people that have strong beliefs about that and whatever you say, even if it's the truth, some people will, <laughs> will hate on you for that. Definitely. I think I actually see Lifestyle Jordan will eventually get more hate, but I've sort of, I've sort of realized that for this account to sort of be successful, it's going to have to get hate. That's like, what's going to happen? Because the more it grows, the more people will obviously see it that have different opinions on the matter or in what I personally think what happened last couple of weeks ago with that girl that, um, that got offended at my post. She thought I was feminist. Uh, she, she's a feminist and she thought I was being sexist. Um, I think that she took it personally and she felt personally attacked by it. So, you know, once you do dive into more personal topics, obviously it's going to like feed people and people will be like, oh, hang on, I don't agree with that. That's like that hit really close to home. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that could happen. So be prepared for that. <laughs> I know. But that's the thing. On the other hand, it's almost dangerous because I like it. <laughs> it's like it's super bad because like. I, for me to, and again, for me to understand how the platform works, like, the more the people hate on it, the more people will engage, and the more conversation will be had, and the more, like, people will see my account. That's, sadly, that's how it works. So, 
I'm totally fine with whoever wants to say, Jordan is this, Jordan is that, Jordan is whatever, like, because my personal identity, like, I have no really attachment to anything to do with Instagram, like, I don't, couldn't care less, so <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually happy to discover your lifestyle account because I think you're exposing something that needs to be exposed in such an easy way. It's really easy for anyone to understand what you're doing there. Mm, exactly. At least if they spend some time on Instagram and they've seen those posts all over the place. But to be honest, I would have loved to found your account one or two years ago because at that time I was following some of these accounts, some of mm. these female travelers who are all about positive quotes from great books and pretending to be so into personal development and all that bullshit that now I see as such a, a really weird facade. Now when I look at those accounts, I'm thinking, how could I have been so stupid as to actually think that what they are posting is real? Because if yeah. you look at their stories for a long time, or if you look at what they share and what they are working on, you can see that sometimes there's a mismatch between what they pretend to be and what they really are. And I think it's really sad when I see that there are thousands of people who still don't realize that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, people aren't going to stop until the community says, hang on, we don't like this anymore. And uh, that's obviously never going to slow down because people don't really understand. And a lot of people that follow these accounts are probably 15-year-old girls that just like a really naive and really just want to like like they're so naive in the fact that they'll just believe anything they see online which is honestly such a beautiful trait like I wish I could just like wholeheartedly believe anyone and everything that I see online but sadly after being in the industry a few years I'm pretty jaded to it all I, I sort of I sort of see the the disingenuousness behind it all so yeah I made this account and honestly it's funny because I'm just loving it <laughs> like I'm becoming it because I have to take photos like them and like <laughs> people like that so I'm in one sense becoming it <laughs> and I'm like oh no what am I doing but the other <laughs> hand I just like think it's so so dumb so like it actually <laughs> brings me enjoyment just to be like you know what we're gonna rip off these people because like it's really silly and this is not how it should be by the way, have you actually met people that have those type of accounts that you are mocking online? Oh yeah, here's the other thing. Like, majority, I would say majority like of my friends online are these girls. Like, and I mock them. I mean, I mock when they were taking the photos in the pool and I was take. I was, I've, I've taken the photos, you know. I've been around in the background. I've completely been there. I've mocked them in their, to their face saying how dumb it is. And I'll mock them online. And most, um, especially females, most of my friends that know me, that know that I'm literally taking their photo and recreating it, and they they don't see it as a personal attack. They literally see it as like completely funny and hilarious because they also see that it's true. Most girls that do it for a living, they actually do know it's silly. Like, if you talk to them, they'll be like, oh yeah, it's pretty unrealistic, but... That's just the type of content that we make. Like, I have no problem with it. So it's like, you know, it's funny how, like, like even the people that create this sort of content, they know what they're doing. So, yeah, it's weird. But, like, I would say... Yeah? Go ahead. I would say, like, 
70% of, so the, the lifestyle Jordan account statistics is like 70% female, 30% male. So all of a sudden there's already a massive interest female wise. And then the people that share the account, it's like maybe I would say 90% of people that share the account and their stories and stuff are other lifestyle girl influencers. And they're always sharing it, saying, this is so funny, ha ha. And like, it's them. I'm ripping them off directly. Like, they understand that it's ripping them off. Hopefully. I don't know. Maybe they are naive and they don't understand. <laughs> but, yeah. So, it's weird how the people that love it are the people I'm mocking. I actually wanted to understand that because I really wondered if people really do know and they are faking it online or if people are so low on self-awareness that they don't realize you're mocking them and they're actually being fake online. So I could never tell. I could only tell that there's a gap between who they seem to be and who they are in some cases, but I could never tell if they're consciously faking it or if they truly believe they are as they pretend to be. Yeah, I don't know either. Like sometimes people have shared it and I've looked at their account and I've gone, whoa, this is intense. Like this is exactly what I'm mocking. And then I've looked at them and I've chatted to them for a little bit and I feel like they don't have the self-awareness to know that, that it's them. <laughs> and then other times I do think my, like some of my friends that I obviously already know on a personal level, they know that I'm just joking and they know that I'm ripping them off directly. So it's a bit of both. <laughs> do you know the story with the emperor's clothes that he was wearing? He was told that they were transparent clothes, but he was actually naked. Oh, what? No. What's this? No, it, it's a children's fairy tale story. Well, uh, long story short, um, there were some people who told this, I think he was a prince, emperor, emperor. He told them that we can make you some special clothes with some invisible thread. Uh, they are exquisite, but only intelligent people can see them. And they were pretending to, to work on his clothes for a long time and to ask for a lot of money. And they were obviously mm -hmm. faking it. They weren't doing yeah. anything. And they asked the emperor, come on and try them on. Do you like them? And the emperor yeah. realized that he was naked. But if he admitted that, then he would admit that he was stupid and he wasn't fit to rule the people. So he said, oh, yes, they are exquisite. And then there was uh. a big parade in the city and he walked around naked and people went there because they thought that he was wearing amazing clothes. And the people went there to see if their neighbors realized that the emperor was naked or not. <laughs> so you know how you always think that the others are doing it wrong or the others don't yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah. And in the end there was a child, you know how children are often honest. He said, but the emperor isn't wearing any clothes. And then everybody started laughing at the emperor because they were just pretending to see amazing clothes so they wouldn't seem stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's so funny. It's like, it's like floating breakfasts are going to be seen as cool, really cool, until the point, and then all of a sudden, everyone's just going to boycott them because they're not trendy, they're not current, no one likes them anymore, they've got a different, they, they now come off in a different light than they did before, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we just we just gotta wait for that tipping point, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious to see what's gonna happen in the future. Same. And I'll keep checking your lifestyle account to see. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know it's so good. Jordan, I hope you enjoyed this talk. I have one last question before yeah. we wrap this up. Um, 
If you could ask everybody on the planet to do something differently, to make this world a better place, what would that be? Wow, one thing, if I could talk to 7 billion people <laughs> and I had to tell them one thing, to what should they do to make this world a better place? Mm. I would say everyone should, well, my, my, my phrase for life, my phrase for life is life less serious. So I would say if everyone took their life a little bit less serious than they do, it would probably do a lot of good, but obviously the most good would be everyone should actually care about other people more. <laughs> I think that would be my number one thing is like, I want everyone to care about other people more. <laughs> I think that's nice. Which I, which I know probably makes me fall into a cliche, ironically, but yeah, I think the world doesn't understand that like people can either be good or bad or evil or whatever they want to think, but it all just comes down to, like, we're all humans and, like, literally, like, no one's better than anyone else. It's, like, it's so silly when people, I don't know. And the other thing is, like, I just see so many people caring about other things more. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm so for, I'm so for plastic conservation. I'm so for, um you know, like, the whole animal thing, like, don't ride elephants, <laughs> you know, like, this sort of, like, humanitarian side of things, I'm so for it, but at the same time, yes, care about the animals, care about the plastic, but also care about the humans, I don't understand how people can care so much about, like, something that's not even living or breathing, like, plastic, but they can care so little for, like, their other people on this earth that are just like them. So it's like, yeah, that's probably my one thing. I see. I think that many people care about animals, for example, because any animals can defend themselves. Whereas people yeah. um, have the chance to try to make their, their lives better, or at least we think that they do. And maybe that's why they feel like they need to protect animals because they can't protect themselves. It's true, but I guess with my with my spirituality, my beliefs, I, I would say that humans, like, no one, we will never really know, we will never really know someone's background completely, we'll never know their upbringing completely, and we'll never know if you were, in their upbringing, in your, in, in their experiences, you would probably turn out worse or better, depending, you know, like, we don't know so much about the human, right, so it's very hard for it's very hard for me to judge someone where I've only known them for a month or known a little bit about their life, where who's to say that I wouldn't be in the same situation they're in if I grew up the same way as them. But with animals, I'm just like, I obviously see them as a second priority to humans because they obviously aren't, you know, like humans. I don't know. But yeah, but I still love animals. So don't, let's not end the, <laughs> let's not end the <laughs> podcast on that. I love animals. Obviously, save the freaking animals as well. But just care about humans as, as well. Don't just care about animals. <laughs> care about them both. <laughs> care about everyone and the entire planet. But more, <laughs> yeah. more about people. <laughs> exactly. If I could ask you one question. Here's, here's a good one. Um, so you're heaps into uh, like... 
the environment and like conserving the environment, which is awesome. So you did mention briefly before that you trap not traveling as much because of um, you know, like the environmental impact that has, or yeah. something like that. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And also heck... because I don't have the money right now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So like. Here's the thing, because one of my Lifestyle Jordan posts that I'm going to have to make in it uh, soon <laughs> is when people say, like, all the time, like, save the planet, you know, like, this and that and this and that and do all these things. But a lot in my industry, obviously, everyone travels. And then, at the same time, people will boast, myself included, boast about taking 150 flights in a year. <laughs> Oh my god, I did so many flights in this year. So it's like, hang on, how do you care about the planet, but yet you still don't, won't slow down your travel? So I'm wondering with you, how the heck would you ever find that balance where it's like, because I know carbon emission is so high, especially with flights. So it's like, what do you do? <laughs> well, as I said, I'm not traveling right now. Uh, and I've actually decided that if I'm going to travel, I will try to fly less. Um, for example, last year I went on vacation with my boyfriend, we went to Greece and we drove there because since we are two people with the car, it's a little bit better for the planet. Um, and That's amazing. Also, That's personally amazing. Like, I would yeah, say but it, it was exhausting. 1%. Yeah, <laughs> I would say you're definitely in the 1% of people that would ever do that because I know a lot of people that care about the planet, but they would still take the flight. <laughs> Yeah, it's also because my boyfriend cares about it a lot, so it's really easier. He's actually working on a documentary about pollution and what it would take to transition to renewable energies. So when I'm getting so many effects from him, it's impossible to even think that you can truly love the planet and fly uh, once a week. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm not trying to make you feel bad or I other people that. feel no, bad. Obviously. No, I love uh, that because you're probably the first person I've met or have talked to that that actually does that. Most people just do this. They go, I love the planet, I love the planet. And then they go, oh, I took 150 flights this year. But don't worry, I threw $20,000 or I threw $10,000 on carbon, carbon offset emissions. And I'm like, hang on, what? <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm like, people, people have this weird way of justifying it where it's like, it's like, imagine if like, I was like, oh, I'm going to ride this elephant, but don't worry, I just donated $200 to offset my ride by donating $200 to an animal or to an elephant orphanage. So, yeah, I rode the elephant, but I still gave money to the orphanage, so I helped them. I'm like, yeah, you still rode the elephant. It's the same thing with carbon. It's like, sure, you can offset the carbon, but you still put that carbon into the sky. So it's not, you can't like throw money to take the carbon out of the sky that's already there. So it's a very interesting topic for me. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you brought this up and that you can tell the difference because most people just are like, oh, I love the planet, but I'll continue to fly every week to a new location because I want to. And yeah. th that, that's kind of weird. I always appreciate people who realize that they love to travel more than they care about the planet or they are not willing to cut back on travel right now because it matters most to them. And that's something I can accept. But I can't accept saying that I can fly wherever I want as much as I want and still think I'm not polluting the planet. And yeah, that's the thing. It's so I'm weird actually, I have friends. Yeah. I'm actually against the carbon tax because 
I read it once in a psychology book in the Willpower Instinct that this is a really terrible thing to do. If you can pay for a carbon tax or if you can pay for a mistake that you've already made sort of to atone for your sins, then mm. you are more likely to do something else that's bad, either for the planet or for yourself or something else. So it's like a ticket to continue to make terrible decisions. And yeah, exactly. It, just, it honestly makes no sense to me. Like my friends, I have a lot of friends that are vegan, which is great. Like, the, like vegans, in my opinion, I'm not a vegan. I grew, up, I grew up vegetarian for 18 years, so I do understand it. And the only reason I'm really not vegetarian now is because I just like traveling and it's just like i'm just going down the route of convenience but people my friends saying oh we're vegan blah blah jordan you should become vegan it's way better for the planet and i'm like yeah and you should stop flying it's way better for the planet <laughs> <laughs> but they're not going to stop doing that at all and i'm pretty sure them stopping flying if they take 100 flights a year is probably way better than the planet than going vegan so it's <laughs> it's like this weird thing where it's like you can only do so much, you know, like, uh, yeah, and also I'm just deciding to live like, I've accepted that I am actually living a very selfish life right now, especially for environmentally, which I'm obviously, I'm self-aware enough to know that it's not good what I'm doing, but now I'm just going to try and find the way I'll, when my actions, when I'll take like a few changes, that's, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm just like, you know, mm, Maybe one day a wall will hit me and I'll go, what am I, what the heck am I doing? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I see. Well, obviously the first step is to realize that uh, pollution, that flying actually contributes to pollution. Something that I was unaware of a few years ago and I'm actually ashamed to say this, but I didn't make the connection. <laughs> yeah. And I think that if you want to, you can also maybe schedule your your trips in such a way that you fly less you don't fly a lot from one continent to another and there are things like this that you can make th this type of adjustments that also allow you to continue to travel and enjoy traveling but reduce your pol your pollution quite a lot mm. yeah exactly that's the thing i need to get onto it we'll see though actions speak louder than words jordan <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And when it's time, it's time. I, I think that if people are trying to push you to make this change, you won't or it won't last because it's not really something that you started. Yeah, it's true. All right, Jordan, I really love this conversation and I'm so glad you accepted my invitation. Awesome. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for having me. It feels like an honor to be on your podcast. So thank you so much. I really love changing and hopefully when I'm like either in Romania or... I'm we maybe in Europe somewhere we get to hang out in real life. Obviously we won't fly to the location. <laughs> I'll catch a bus for forty five hours or whatever. But hopefully <laughs> one day hopefully one day we will get to hang out. <laughs> that sounds great. Thank you so much. Maybe we'll do another podcast in a few years when your lifestyle account explodes. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's uh, let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Jordan. Take care. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast perspectives i really hope that you enjoyed listening to it and if you did subscribe so that you can listen to the next episode